0: Hey there everyone, hoping you're doing well in general and trading safely in particular. This is Matthew Peitenberg and welcome to the Signals Matter podcast, episode number five, where today we're going to explore the new Fang plus index. to the Signals Matter podcast, where it's all about cutting through the fog of financial media spin so that you can think, trade and manage risk like an investor rather than a gambler. And now, here's your host, Matthew Piepenberg, a true market geek and legend in his own mind of weaving and mixing metaphor to make the complex simple. Hey there, many thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really appreciate it and are looking forward to being a part of your, mine, and our shared journey navigating the fog of markets with heaps more candor and substance than what we feel is largely pablum and sell-side spin otherwise found on the mainstream financial media. Make sure to check out as well our broad menu selection of market video updates, blogs and other podcasts at signalsmatter.com where we tackle everything from global market trends and opportunities to stock specific commentary. And if you haven't done so already, Don't forget to download as well a free copy of the Signals Matter Investment Primer, which is a very user-friendly, but deeply substantive collection of our best investment thinking and practices, really calling together over 50 combined years of security trading, law, and risk management. In the Signals Matter Investment Primer, we also address everything from macro indicators and portfolio construction tips, right down to the grass level of individual security trading. It's yours free, no strings attached, so take a peek. Well, the clever folks at Wall Street last week came up with another new idea to trade these incredibly speculative markets. And the newest vehicle to come off the, uh, the runway is the new, York Sto- the new York Stock Exchange's new index called the FANG Plus. And the FANG Plus consists of the 10 most momentum colored speculative stocks on the globe and wrapped them into one nice little neat package for us uh if you don't know what the fangs are the fangs are the infamous facebook amazon netflix and google companies Uh, the fang plus adds a little twist it gives you facebook amazon netflix and google plus tesla twitter nvidia baidu and alibaba as well as apple again arguably the most successful growth trades of our era and this index if it was put together since 2014 would have been up 120 percent by now so you might think that's an exciting basket of really good growth stocks and a really interesting opportunity to make some money in this market. Uh, we're gonna talk about why that may not be quite the smartest choice right now. For those of you that have the risk tolerance and interested in growth, you might wanna try and catch the tail end of this, this wave. Um, but we'll talk a little bit about some of those risks and what really is under the hood of these particular names. It gives us a real chance to kind of re-examine not only the fangs, but some of these other companies, but mostly the fangs in this country because right now in the markets, um, everyone's talking about these massive growth stocks that are basically 4% of our U.S. GDP. So they're important companies, they're important stocks, and there's certainly a lot of noise around them. But it's important to, you know, sift through the noise, follow that searchlight or that, that, That search tower through the fog that lighthouse through the fog and row towards the harbor and not the rocks And I want to talk a little bit today about why this particular monster has a lot of a lot of problems underneath it I've written about it in the in the blog section uh, November 15th blog in the blog section of of signalsmatter.com. you can read more of the details see some of the charts But for those listening, let's just kind of let's kind of talk about this this new thing called fang plus Uh, it is a important to remind you that it's also not just a basket of equally weighted stocks. It's a futures contract on a quarterly basis with equally weighted stocks. So there's implicit leverage in that. So you're not just getting fangs plus the others, you're getting fangs plus the others at at least 20 times leverage. So if this particular index goes your way, you'll do really well. If it goes against you, you're going to take a real strong kick in the gut. Um, Just remember that this NY, it, it trades by the way, fang plus trades on the New York Stock Exchange under um, uh, the acronym NYFANG, NYFANG, but NYFANG uh, has a lot of built-in leverage. So again, higher return, higher risk, higher reward, but much, much more risk, I think, than reward. And we'll go into that why. We'll go into why I think that's the case. You know, I, before we even look under this this particular monster, I think it's important to look at a little market history. You know, I, I've written about in the in the market history, four point, there's a four-part series on the history of the U.S. stock markets and the Fed in the blog section. Uh, I talk about it in the video blogs. I certainly talk about the Fed in our podcast. But when you look at the market history or you look at these kind of new clever instruments that Wall Street comes up with, to get more fees and to take more risk and to get more return the history is really kind of shady the most obvious and most recent last example of Wall Street coming up with a great idea at the last minute to capture the tail end of a bubble uh, was the ABX index which came out you know just prior to the crash of the uh, subprime mortgage bubble in 2008 if you recall the abx index was a way to stuff a lot of subprime mortgages under one roof so that you could trade that basket of subprime mortgages to glory Uh, and for a few months you could until that subprime mortgage bubble blew up Uh, it didn't stop wall street from providing demand or supply for the demand the demand was there for it so they they accommodated and gave you this abx index which just got shellacked, but for a few moments in the sun, you were able to trade the dying embers of that subprime mortgage trade. Well, in a lot of ways, you know, the New York FANG or this FANG plus index is just, to me, a similar example of last minute, 11th hour, desperate attempt to package a bunch of overpriced assets into one place so that eventually you could get, you know, kicked really hard here in the groin on this this play. And... You know, it's not just the ABX index that did this to us. You know, you had really smart guys like Larry Summers way back before the turn of the century, before the, you know, the dot-com era deregulated the derivatives market so that we could have more incestuous little derivatives tools and highly levered derivatives tools. And derivatives market be deregulated, that was the birth of asset-backed securities and tranched uh, pilings of credit and equity structured assets that you could buy. Those derivatives have so much leverage behind them that fast forward about eight years after uh, Larry Summers and and company decided to deregulate that derivatives market. It was the very cancer beneath the 2008 bubble, which blew up. I remember Larry Summers, and he was president of Harvard. When I was there, he wasn't much liked there by the students or faculty. He certainly wasn't much liked by the Harvard endowment after those derivatives markets, which he helped deregulate, blew up a big chunk of the Harvard endowment too. So I'm not a big fan of just fancy names or high titles. Larry Summers is one easy, an easy one to hit. I've certainly written about him in the blogs, but even Ben Bernanke or Alan Greenspan, if you remember just on the eve of the 2008 subprime mortgage crisis, both Greenspan, the former Fed share, and Bernanke, the current Fed share at the time, were telling the world not to worry about the mortgage or subprime mortgage con- crisis that it had been contained. And that really, you know, housing prices never really go down and not to worry. So those were our two finest minds at the Federal Reserve telling the uh, investor world not to worry. So needless to say, when I see this NY FANG or this FANG plus index come up and I hear the pundit saying not to worry, I just scratch my head. I really just scratch my head. Because if you look under the hood of what we really got here within this basket of stocks or companies, um, you'll see that it's, certainly not the time now to buy this is a hot rod collection but if you look under the hood of these various uh companies and you look under the hood of this index in general you see you'll see it's grotesquely overvalued and to try to come in now to capture some momentum fine if you're really clearly watching your risk and you're watching your signals you may want to do that i think this is a much better short when the moment comes not today but when the signals come it's going to be a uh collection of massively overvalued stocks that are going to fall faster than they rose but in any case this fang plus has a market cap right now of three and a half trillion and keep in mind that that market cap which is the the price of the shares times the total number of shares outstanding at three and a half trillion dollar figure has ballooned up from one and a half trillion just three years ago so you're talking about a major amount of uh valuation uptick and growth uptick in the last three years to try and jump on that now, I think, is a little late in the game. This would be a classic case of buying at a top, not a bottom. This is the cardinal rule of investing from our grandfathers to our grandkids. You don't buy at a top, you buy at a bottom. Everybody seems to know that. Again, almost no one seems to do that. With robot, tra- robot traders and, and retail traders buying it on this news, on this hype, the cab driver to the, uh, you know, the guy next door saying buy Facebook, buy Google. I'm not against those companies as companies. I just think I'd rather buy them when they're fairly priced. To do so now in particular or within this particular index, I think, would be really a poor choice. But let's just kind of, let's just kind of think about, really, what's under the hood here um, in this $3.5 trillion beast. Um, of that $3.5 trillion, it's in all these 10 momentum growth stocks. About 1.3 trillion of that is attributable to four companies. 1.3 trillion of that market cap of 3.5 trillion is really attributable to Google, Baidu, Twitter, and Facebook. And when you look at what really are Google, Baidu, Twitter, and Facebook, at the end of the day, the way those entities make their money. And where about a hundred percent of their revenue really comes from is the advertising industry they're basically electronic billboards for the online ad community um, and so that's certainly not going away I'm not saying Google or Facebook are ever gonna go away just like Cisco and Microsoft didn't go away in the last dot-com bubble what I am saying is at the current valuations you're paying way too much just like you did for Cisco and Microsoft right before they lost 50 60 percent of their value And that's what I'm seeing here in these in these names too. But when you look at the four Google, Baidu, Twitter, and Facebook, which make up pretty much a third of this market cap of this Fang Index, you'll see that 100% of the revenue really does come from from the advertising industry. But that industry is already deeply in flux. It's it's going digital, and ad spend today is really not growing much. It's about three and a half percent since 2007. That's the growth rate per year. So when you buy into Google, Baidu, Twitter, Facebook whether individually or within this beastly uh, index, you're really buying into a, a sector of the ad space that's going to have more downside trending than upside trending in the long run, which is why, again, I think with patience, these same companies will be in far better shorts than they would be longs at the tail end uh, of this time. You know, given that the above names really are a big part of the market cap of this index, yet their their net income or their profit is only 37 billion. So with a 1.3 trillion dollar market cap, but a net income of only 37 billion, you're going to be buying those names right now at 36 times net income. I think that's a really high price to pay for a very bubbly, overvalued group of stocks. Uh, if you're comfortable paying 36 times net income, uh, you know again take that take that risk, I, you know, you might be able to buy a sucker to pay 40 times that income. But for me, the real play here is just waiting it out and uh, giving a nice big short to these these overvalued names. Another couple names that are in this Fang index are Amazon and, and Alibaba. And, you know, I've written a heck of a lot about Amazon in the past. Um, you know, if you... <laughs> if you look at amazon which we'll look at here and alibaba in a second again i'm not saying these companies by any means are going away i am saying they're grotesquely overvalued but amazon and alibaba are basically part of the e-commerce bubble and so in this index they threw in alibaba and amazon so that investors could get in addition to their advertising sector through the google et al now you can get a little piece of the e-commerce play through amazon and alibaba but it might help to remind ourselves that of that um of those two companies alibaba and amazon which are massive companies uh, only 11 billion of net income actually comes from those two mega caps so you're buying these two companies that are trading at a hundred times earnings right now again i would say does that feel like a prudent buy for any kind of value investor or anxious um investor who's aware of the risk paying a hundred times earnings just doesn't make sense again you can still capture some profit here To me, when I see something that overvalued, overinflated, I'd much rather stab it with a short than take the risk of going long. But as I've also written at length elsewhere, Amazon's profits, which are fairly minimal, paltry compared to its market cap, really comes from its cloud services, not even its e-commerce. So this isn't even really an e-commerce play when you put Amazon next to Alibaba. It's, you know, Amazon really isn't an e-commerce profitable company. Its money comes from AWS or cloud services. And as I've written before, Amazon is heading for some real stiff headwinds in competition in the cloud services space, and particularly from from Oracle, and Microsoft, and Google. So I think Amazon is a stock that's, again, not going to disappear, but it's going to get a big kick in the butt and lose a heck of a lot of valuation, make a great short trade when the the stars align. As far as Alibaba, it's less of an e-commerce play and more of a financing services. They have a huge customer lending platform on Alibaba. Um, I haven't done a blog or even a video or, frankly, even a podcast on China. And I really should because China is really about the world's biggest Ponzi scheme. And again, that's pretty bearish, but I'm not alone in this. I think it's worth a separate discussion on China, and a reality check on China. But regardless of that, for now, I think the fact that Alibaba is so tied to the Chinese story, and I think China's heading into a 2008 moment, I think a big part of its lending platform on Alibaba, which is tied to Chinese borrowers and buyers, is going to take a huge, a huge hit in profits. And so Alibaba's stock, like Amazon, is going to see more downward momentum than upside momentum. So again, not saying that Alibaba or certainly Amazon are going are companies that are bogus companies. What I am saying and repeating over and over is they're just grotesquely overvalued companies. So they've thrown them inside these other names and and there you go, a lot more risk than reward equally added to this mix or this basket of marbles in the Fang index or the uh, Fang plus index. Uh, is Tesla, and I've written a lot about Tesla in the blogs. I think my very first blog was on Tesla back in May. Uh, I'm not even sure why Tesla's even in this basket of good, bad, and the ugly because Tesla really is the ugliest and the baddest of all. And again, debatable. People love Tesla. People love the cars. People love its its founder and its interesting disruptor and characteristic character. Um, But looking just at the reality or the fundamentals rather than the hype, Uh, I just can't say enough bad about Tesla. It's the ultimate symbol of drunk driving investing, (laughs) but pundits are still arguing and debating over it. You know, who knows, maybe Tesla will pull off a miracle and it's bloated, this this bloated debt monster that it is will actually do well, but I'm not going to speculate here. Let's just talk at the, look at the real numbers. I mean, Tesla has a market cap of about 50 billion, which compared to some of these others is actually smaller. But at a $50 billion market cap, it's had uh, about a one and a half billion dollar loss in negative free cash flow uh in the last year and it's a five you know a five billion dollar cash flow loss actually when you look at you know tesla since 2007 2007 excuse me um it really amounts to a 10 billion dollar free cash flow loss this this company is not profitable it's losing money it's living on debt and it's hoping for a revolution in the in the you know electronic car space They may or may not get another chance at this. There are a lot of other companies that are going to be equally as competitive as Tesla in the electronic car space. I won't get into a deep fundamental analysis, but I will say Tesla is a company that has reported losses this year and massive losses in free cash flow uh, and a combined massive loss in free cash flow since inception. I don't think it's a winning company, if anything, even if it does stay in business, and even in, even in a chapter 11, Tesla has no profits to restructure. But even if it stays in business, it's, it's overvalued. And so again, that's another great short opportunity, not a long. When I look at the other names which within this, this FANG plus index, Apple is also included. And I will say, at least for Apple, this is a company that's making widgets that they actually can sell and make profits and make income from and not speculate. Uh, it's certainly a widget people are buying, and gosh knows Apple is definitely not a company that's about to go anywhere, or disappear from the face of the earth. Um, I think it's probably one of the most reasonable stocks in this FANG plus basket, but that's not saying a lot. You know, with a current market cap of 900 billion and a P multiple of 19, Apple, it's it's a lot more reasonable. And again, that's a relative statement. Reasonable on its face than the peers that are in this basket, but. It might be worth noting as well that Apple sales and net income numbers for this year are less than they were back in 2015. So like everything else in this Fang monster, the trend in the names really points more south than north. And that's why I think this 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 exchange is is kind of coming or showing its face now this index excuse me is is showing this face now as they did with the pre-08 abx to collect a few more suckers at the last minute before a bubble pops i hope you're not going to be one of them and if you are going to go long fang plus or NYFANG, if you're going to if you're going to trade this i hope you have your stop losses ready and prepared for a reversal um, again, I think it's a great opportunity to sit back and wait uh, for a good short. These, This is the ultimate basket of overpriced stocks, so it will be the ultimate basket to sink. You can short the individual names in this and do very well when the time is right. I think the other kind of cherry on top of why the Fang Plus vampire is really just such a monster is it's built on quarterly futures contracts, which, again, I'm going to say are inherently levered by at least 20% or more so this means that when this creature starts to really collapse or go down or go south it's gonna fall harder than its individual parts or its individual names uh, if you were shorting Amazon or shorting Google or shorting Alibaba or shorting Facebook at some point um, it's they're, they're definitely gonna go down uh, when they go down uh, the, the stocks that are in this FANG plus index are gonna go down even faster so if you're going long FANG plus you're gonna see a real squeeze when this thing goes down if you're going long in some, and to use a cliche, fang plus bites. It really just bites to me. And I think when you keep in mind, when you're looking at this fang basket of overvalued, monstrously growth, you know, poised for disaster positions or valuations, you gotta look at this in the backdrop of the macros, which again we talk about a lot on the, on the blogs and I spend a lot of time on, not that macros should generate trade signals. Macros are just larger things to keep in mind, kind of like the weather at the beach. When you go to the beach, do you bring suntan oil or, or do you bring a raincoat? Well, you look at the sky and you kind of decide, right? So you don't make a specific decision of when it's going to rain. But if you see a lot of storm clouds, you probably don't need the suntan oil. You might want to bring an umbrella. And that's kind of how I look at the macros here. Not to make a specific signal today on any of these names, but just to kind of keep in mind where and how this FANG Plus is coming in and what the context is coming in. Um, You know, if the fundamentals of the FANG stocks don't scare you enough or the FANG Plus stocks don't scare you enough, I think you know, the the macro backdrop should help convince you not to do this. I mean, FANGs have been growing. FANGs and these other names have been growing at astronomical valuations because they've been supported by years of stimulus and tailwinds from the central banks in this low-rate environment so they could, you know, take out easy debt. The cost of debt is very low. It's certainly a big part of Amazon's balance sheet, this low-cost debt, restructuring taxes, all kinds of fancy accounting. They've had just a heck of a he- tailwind from the central banks and this low rate policy that's been going on for years. For this FANG plus index to continue to grow at that rate, you'd have to have the next five years look like the last five years. And there's just so many reasons why I don't think that's the case. You know, the horizon looks pretty cloudy to us and to me. First of all, the Fed is demonetizing. In other words, it's going from a monetary loosening policy since 2008 into a quantitative tightening policy. And I write about quantitative tightening in the blogs. Um, so the, you know the Fed's going to be trying to be a little more uh, of a chaperone rather than a beer provider at the um, at the frat party. So their policies are going to get tighter. That's going to be more of a headwind rather than a tailwind in the coming years and uh, months. Meanwhile, this whole Trump bump that has pushed the markets up since the election, uh, the, the election for the for the Trump administration that gave us just a huge 20% kick since his election. That was a lot based on the premise that there was going to be an incredible tax reform bill and infrastructure spending and et cetera and stimulus. Um, you know, again, whether you think that's going to happen or not, you know, this this tax reform bill, we may get tax cuts, but we're not getting spending cuts. There's a lot of noise around there. There's a lot of speculation that that tax reform bill is going to be dead on arrival or be a big thud, even if it's passed for optics. But even if it is passed, much of the the gain and euphoria of that tax reform bill has already been priced into these markets. So you've got a demonetizing Fed and a tired tax reform bull. Um, And then on top of all that, you've got credit markets that are, you know, like the small cap stocks in the Russell or like even mega caps. You've got a credit and stock market that's just kind of tiring right now. Um, Not saying it's the end of the world today, not at all, but we're seeing a major shift from tailwind more into headwind. So if we're heading to headwinds, this NY FANG vehicle would be the last thing I'd want to be in at this particular point, just like the ABX vehicle was the last thing I'd want to be in on the eve of a subprime mortgage crisis. So that's my take on FANG Plus or NY FANG. You can imagine I'm not that bullish on that. Um, more bearish, but that doesn't mean I'm bearish on how to make money in these markets or that we're bearish on how to make money. It signals matter. It's not being cynical to point out the obvious here. There is There are ways to make huge returns and good returns and risk adjusted safe returns by going short or by getting out of the way of these icebergs like FANG+. Plus. Um, Again, we're, we're saying just because we're bearish on the macros doesn't mean we're not bullish on opportunities. There's a big difference between that. Regardless of our views on the macros, there's fantastic opportunities. I'm really looking forward to, to shorting a lot of the names in this Fang Plus monster. I hope you're not going to go long. And if you are, have your stop losses tight and ready to go. All right. All right, well, we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Again, don't forget to surf over to signalsmatter.com and check out our wider menu of free market blogs, video updates, and podcasts, as well as download our free Signals Matter Investment Primer, which is a deeply substantive, but really user-friendly dive into everything you're gonna need to know about the risks and opportunities investors face in today's markets. For Signals Matter subscribers, we know you're enjoying our daily market analysis, our weekly security signals, and monthly recession watch, which ensures you profitable trades while keeping an ever-watchful eye out for those market icebergs ahead, so you're never looking for a lifeboat or another 2008 moment when corrections come to steal away gains. We really thank you for your trust and obviously look forward to inviting any of you newcomers to our exceptional investing community here at Signals Matter. Our best to all of you, be well, and as always, be safe with your investing.